We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. I've been preaching on cross words. Words that Jesus said from the cross. How many know the last words are important? Last words are important. What you say and who you say them to are important. For thousands of years, God has been planning this one day, the crucifixion. Nothing happens by chance. God is orchestrating this. We've talked about the three crosses, the two criminals. Why were they there? We talked about it. We've talked about that, that Jesus cried out, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Matthew 27, 46 says this, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And last week I focused on the word forsaken. Jesus felt forsaken in that moment because he was. He was born and he says, every word I speak, the Father tells me to say it. Everywhere I go, the Father directs me. That's where I go. And in this moment, the Father was not speaking. The Father was not directing. And I talked about how we've all felt forsaken at times. We feel it, but we have never been forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. We may feel it. We may sense it. And so that is why today I want to talk about this word, why. Why have you forsaken me? Why? That word is asked by us more than any other word in our lives. Why? Why? Have you ever heard of this thing called augmented reality? You ever heard of that? Augmented reality is this. It is an enhanced version. Focus on that. Enhanced version of reality. It is created by the use of technology to overlay digital information on an image of something being viewed through a device, such as a smartphone. Augmented reality. It is reality, and then it is augmented. It is not reality. To give you an illustration of it, we use green screen a lot today. You, you, you've probably used it at your home. Put up something green, paint something green, stand in front of it, take a picture. And then you can overlay any backdrop on that picture you want. So you may not be in France, but it would appear that you're in France. You, you may not be in Italy, but it would appear that you're in Italy because you can overlay a background and you can transport yourself anywhere and you can put it on your social media and people will go, oh, I'm so envious. They're in France. What a spring break. And you're in Ponca City. Have you ever been watching a football game 
and see the yellow line on the field? And you wonder, why don't the players stretch a little bit and touch the yellow line? We can all see it. How many of you know that that is augmented reality? There is really not a yellow line on the football field. You and I can see it, but in reality, the players don't see the yellow line. It's not there. Remember when some of you, are some of you old enough to remember that you would take your phone and search and try to capture Pokemons? <laughs> remember those days? They're not real. It was an augmented reality. I saw people, they had it on TV where people were walking out in front of vehicles, falling off sidewalks because they were so captured by augmented reality. Can I tell you today that that has been going on for thousands of years? Our enemy, the devil, has been practicing augmented reality since he was cast down from the presence of God. He takes reality and then he augments it and we perceive something other than reality. And he tricks us with our eyes, with our hearing, with our emotions, with our decision making and we think it's reality but it's not. We have a culture today that is so enamored by an augmented reality that we really don't know what reality is anymore. The enemy is distorting the truth. We live in a perceived augmented reality and we don't see what reality is all about. And this is true especially when it comes to temptation. Ah, temptations. Why have you forsaken me? I'm going to tell you why. Genesis chapter 3 reads this way. Now, the serpent was really into augmented reality. That's the way it should read. And he was very crafty, and he was crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And so he talked to the woman, and he said some things to her that were not reality. He said, did God really say this? That you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So what is reality? Don't eat it, don't touch it, or you will die. That's the reality. Here comes augmented reality. You will not certainly die die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows. Oh, don't you love it whenever he makes it to where it's really spiritual? God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So God is not telling you the truth. Have you ever heard the devil say that? Let me just give you a really big update. 
The devil is a liar. Okay, on his resume, top of the line resume, here it is. The devil, professional liar. Cannot speak the truth. Every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So every word that he said to the woman was what? In reality, a lie. But he's augmenting her perception. He said, you really won't die. And don't trust God. Don't listen to God. Now, all of us looking back, today if we were in the garden with Eve, we would all shout at the top of our lungs, Stop! Run! Flee! It's a trap! It's not the truth! It's augmented reality! Right? I wish somebody would have been there. But can I tell you that today, the enemy's lies have not changed. His strategy has not changed. He will tell people stuff like this. Oh, don't give your tithe to the church. You need it more than the church does. Lie. It has nothing to do with who needs it. It has to do with whose is it. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's. He says, oh, you don't have to go to church. Lie. God's word says, don't forget the assembling of yourselves together as some will do as the day approaches. Don't do that. He will lie to you and say, go ahead, have sex before marriage. It's not a big deal. Lie. He'll go ahead and say, well, just get a divorce without biblical grounds. You don't need biblical grounds. Just it didn't lie. I'm getting really quiet in here. Are, are, have you been listening to too much augmented reality? And so when reality hits you, it makes you kind of go, whoa. Listen. When all augmented reality is perceived, it is a cost. And it costs you in your real life. The decisions you make in this perception of reality will cost you in your real life. There's only two realities, truth and lies. No other realities. We should be having someone shout at us, Stop! Run! Flee! And that's what I'm doing today. To get you to get the understanding of reality again. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be misled. Don't let the yellow line on the field fool you. Bad company corrupts good character. Wow. Oh, I can hang around with these people. It won't bother me. I'm trying to win them to the Lord. No. No, that's a lie. They're, they're going to, I mean, you can try to win them to the Lord, but you don't have to be their best friends, you know, and hang out and do what all they're doing. No, 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 no. It's going to mess you up. Genesis 3, 6 says this. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, oh, now her eyes are, that looks pretty good. How I many knows your eyes will, will, will deceive you? She saw the food was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Oh man, this is, come on. She took some of it and ate it. And then she also gave some to her husband who was with her, guys. We blame the women, but we were there. And he ate it. Now, if we could ask Adam and Eve, was it worth it? In real life, what would they say? Wasn't worth it, Pastor. What was the cost? Listen. In that moment, 
All she could see was, it looks good to eat. In that moment, all she could see was, this could give me wisdom. And in that moment, her eyes, her mind, her thinking, her movements were in augmented reality, not in truth. And she ate. And then she gave it to her husband, who was right there the whole time. Adam, man up. Say something. She could have eaten it, but you could have said, no woman. Okay, guys, don't say no woman like that. You may pick yourself up off the floor, I don't know. Just say, uh, wait just a minute, honey. God has said, but he didn't. He ate. Hey, how many of you had your parents tell you when you were a teenager, probably, uh, and you said something like this, hey, everybody's going, everybody's doing it, and your parents' comeback was this, if everybody jumped off of the bridge, would you jump off the bridge? How many of you had that same discussion with your parents? Guess what? I jumped off the bridge. That's all there was to do in Mississippi. I mean, we didn't know he didn't have much, so jumping off the bridge was a thing to do. But jumping off the bridge, yeah. And that's the old, oh man, I can't believe they got, I got that remark. The, yeah. Following the crowd. I mean, it's just Adam and Eve, and Adam's so, such a weak man, he followed. Wow, we need some people today to holler, stop, run, flee. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Following the crowd. Hey, if you're following the crowd, you cannot lead the crowd. You can't lead if you're following. James 1 and 2 says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Stood the test. Adam failed. Eve failed. Look at this, Genesis 3, 7 and 8. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Oh, that, well, that was true. And they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then here's a very sad verse. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid. Every evening, it was part of the best part of their day. God coming down in the cool of the evening and they talked, they walked and talked, communed together. And this evening was different. Why? They had disobeyed God. Their eyes were open to things they'd never seen. In reality, in real life, it cost them too much. In real life, they hid from God. Have you ever found that when people are not following God like they know they should, they don't want to be around those who are following God like they are? They don't want to come to church. You, invite, you want to come to church? No, I don't want to come to church. You know why? They don't want to be close to God. They want to stay hidden from God because they don't want to feel the conviction in their real life because they're living in an augmented reality that says, well, uh, you know, God's a good God and, and it'll be okay and, and God loves me and God's merciful and God's gracious and God's kind and, and yes, all those attributes of God are true. 
But that's only half the truth. The augmented reality comes in and says, there's no way a loving God would send you to hell. There's no way a loving God... No, that's not truth. That's not truth. Verses 9 through 12 says this, But the Lord God called to the man. He said, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you? What is going on here? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman, the woman you, you got to read it all, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and then I ate it. Boy, the process is very complicated. So the first step of the process is let's just blame God. Right? Blame God. That's what Adam does. Hey, God, this woman, that you? Everything was good when it was just me, man. But you came along, added her to the picture, and you to blame for this, not me. I am not to blame. So he blames it on God. And then it's like, God, you didn't stop me. You didn't stop her. Have you ever heard people like, well, if God doesn't want me to do it, God will stop me. God's not going to stop you. God's not, he's, he's going to let you do whatever you want to do. And then he says, you made her, but she gave it to me, blaming her. She's standing right there. Throws her under the bus. How come we always blame everybody else for our fall, shortfalls? Well, it's my parents' fault. Blaming our parents. We're blaming our grandparents. We're blaming society. We're blaming the church. We're blaming our teachers. We're blaming our pastors. We're blaming everybody else. Well, it's all their fault, God. We don't want to take responsibility. People hurt you at church. Well, I'm never going back there. Well, if you have that same principle in your life, you're never going to go anywhere because people will hurt you at the grocery store. They're going to hurt you. <laughs> you. You won't be able to go anywhere. Well, I'm better than all the people at the church. They're all hypocrites, so why would I go? I'm better than they are without going. Devil just lies and lies and lies. Blame is lame. I, I kind of put it in my own vernacular, in my own office. I said blame be lame, but I didn't think it would work out too well in here. But blame is lame. We want to blame God. God, you allowed this to happen. God, where are you? God, why, why, why? God's going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've, I've told you some things that will keep you from this problem, but you're not obeying me. We blame God. We blame others. We don't want to take the blame for ourselves. We really need to be looking at the source. The source is the augmented reality presented to us by the enemy. We need somebody to stop and say, wait a minute. Well, Genesis 3.13 says this. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said what? The serpent. She's not taking responsibility either. The serpent deceived me and I ate. Here's the old phrase. The devil made me do it. How many of you have had that? You've heard it. The devil. I heard this week that a man, he said, my son is a genius. My son is a genius. He said this last week, he shared with me that somebody broke into the house 
And all they did was wet in his pajamas and his bed. <laughs> this kid's blaming an intruder. Came in the house, Dad, and wet my pajamas and wet my bed, then they left. A little kid. You don't have to teach this stuff. It happens automatically because it is our DNA that we are born with. We're born into sin. We don't have to be taught how to sin. It is innate. We have to teach people not to sin and get born again to get a new DNA so we think different and we start seeing reality as it is. Don't blame a sinner for acting like a sinner. That's their DNA. If they're not born again, they're going to live like they're not born again. The problem comes in when, when people say they are born again and they're living like they're not born again. Why? Because they're seeing an augmented reality. It's not real, but that's the way they perceive it. It looks good, it tastes good, it must be good. We've got to understand. It's your fault. It's my fault. And that's why he was forsaken. It wasn't his fault. Look what Romans 3.23 says. For all have sinned. Well, everybody but me, Pastor. You know, I, I was born, you know. No, you were born into sin. We've all sinned. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Atonement means that we can once again be at one with God. In the temptation that Adam and Eve went through, it cost. Temptation cost in real life. They were separated from God. From His presence. If we could talk to Samson today, and asking, was it worth it, Samson? Was it worth laying your head in her lap and playing the little game of temptation and, you know, question after question, was it worth it, Samson? To all of a sudden shake yourself and not even realize that the Holy Spirit had left you? That you were separated from God? Was it worth it? Because temptation cost us in real life. He would tell you, no. I wish somebody would have shouted, stop, run, flee. But nobody did. And he said, hey, this must be okay because, well, God didn't stop me. Kept laying his head in the lap and seeing an augmented reality. Hey, what about David, King David? Was it worth it? Walking up on the rooftop of your house and gazing over at that beautiful woman, was it really as beautiful as you thought it was? It cost you too much, David. Because David cried out, and I read this last week, the same words in the Psalms, David cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It started out in augmented reality looking pretty good. But that wasn't the reality. The enemy is behind the scenes. He's augmented and saying, hey, look how beautiful she is. There's no one more beautiful than that. And you can have her, David. You can take her. You can make her yours. 
So he, be, he, he becomes an assassin and kills her husband, has someone else do it so he doesn't get his hands messed up, and then he weaves all this web to get it all done, and then I guarantee you, she got old. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Charm is wonderful, but beauty is fleeting, said Solomon. I mean, listen. I looked a lot better 30 years ago. Come on. I thank God that my wife's eyes are not as good as they were 30 years ago. I think it's a blessing. This getting old thing is a blessing. She sees me blurry, and that's good. You know, I got the filter on there, you know, that blurry filter so you can't see clearly. She saw clearly, she'd be like, what happened to you? Look at this. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness. He did it to demonstrate His love because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. He justifies you. Justification is just as if I have never sinned. So in his crucifixion, why was he forsaken? My sins. My falling to temptations. Not his. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. It was my guilt, not his. But in that day, how many perceived in augmented reality that he was the criminal? How many around the cross that day were sneering and mocking and laughing at him and he had done nothing wrong and yet he was guilty? Yeah. They didn't see things clearly, did they? They did not see the truth. The enemy was lying and they were believing. And what you choose to believe is what you perceive. And some people today cannot see truth because they've been so used to lies. And when the church tells the truth, when the pastor preaches the truth, they just go, well, we'll not go back there again. Let's go somewhere else that makes me feel good. Well, treat on a, the fruit on a forbidden tree can make you feel good, taste good for a moment. The Bible even tells us that sin is pleasurable for a moment. But then in that reality, it will take a cost in your life. Why have you forsaken me? Well, today we don't accept consequences of our own decisions. We do not have to reap what we sow. Today we live in a blame society. Everybody's doing it. If it's acceptable society, it must be acceptable to the church and to us. We have all kinds of gender identification issues and on and on the list goes. And the church is not saying a thing about it. The enemy's whispering and lying in everybody's ears and the church is quiet. Listen, we've got to yell, stop, run, flee. It's going to cost you in your real life. 
We've got to live in reality. We cannot hide from God because nothing is hidden from God. God sees everything. And if we think we can hide ourselves or the things we do from God, we're living in an augmented reality. Well, God doesn't see it. Yes, He does. Today, I want to bring everybody here into reality. I want you to see things clearly. I want you to have your eyes opened to truth before you fall into temptation. If I were to ask every one of us here today, think back over your life, think about a time where the enemy lied to you and he gave you an augmented reality and you followed through on it, I would have asked you today, was it worth it? Nope. It cost too much. It cost too much in the real life. We, we did things and it, it hurt. Maybe it hurt us. Maybe it hurt somebody in our family. Because I want to tell you, your decisions, your choices don't just cost you. They cost your family. They cost your friends. When I make a bad choice, I've got to understand it's going to hurt you. Man, wouldn't it be terrible to have your pastor in the newspaper for being, uh, doing a bad thing? Wouldn't that be horrible? Yeah. All over social media? Yeah. This is not green screen. This is not augmented reality. This is truth. The Bible says that temptation cost. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Every one of us face the same temptations. Every one of us. Now, don't get on your high horse and go, well, pastor, not me. I've never been tempted. Okay, now you're a liar. We need to pray about that. Every one of us have been tempted to disobey God. The problem comes in is do we believe what we perceive as truth? Do we allow the enemy to augment reality and then we go, well, it must be the way it is because, you know, that's the way I feel. You know? I've had girls in my office and usually it's girl, young girls, young women. And they go, but, but pastor, he's so cute. <laughs> he's so handsome. Is he the one that God's made for? I don't care. I'm in love. I feel. I've been married this year. It'll be 41 years. I got to tell you, there's a whole bunch of days I ain't feeling love. Anybody married long enough to know you're not feeling it every day? You don't feel it every day. It's not a feeling. It's a commitment. I mean, my, my wife can have bad hair days like your wife. I got bad, this is my bad hair day right here. It's not about feelings, it's about commitment. Because your feelings will lie to you. What you see will lie to you. People cannot make a car disappear. It's an illusion. And the enemy's all about illusion and augmenting reality and causing you to think and feel and sense and, oh, I want to live by my, what I see and my feelings. No, we, we live by faith, not by sight. Yes. 
We live by truth, not by our feelings. Because there's a lot of days where I feel like, I feel like life is over. I feel like everything's going the wrong direction. I feel like, I see things that are going on. And I, and what I'm seeing is, is deceiving the truth. And sometimes the enemy can make temptation and you go, but there's no way out. He says, listen, and God is faithful. Blow away augmented reality. The truth is God is faithful. Every one of us are tempted, but God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Every one of us can say no. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. This, this language in the Greek is very powerful. It gives you the picture of a box canyon. I mean, what a box canyon is. A box canyon is there's one way in and one way out. When you go into a box canyon, if all you do is look around like this, you're thinking there's no way out. Anybody ever been to Telluride, Colorado? Been there, Bridalvale Falls, hiked all that stuff. There's one road in and there's one road out. And sometimes the way to get out is the way you got in. Look at Joseph. Potiphar's wife tried to trap him, tipped him. He ran. He stopped, he fleed. She grabbed his coat. I'm getting out of here. Because he saw reality. Yeah. And look what God did in Joseph's life. Judas, was it worth 30 pieces of silver? Wow, what a lie. What a lie. We've got to stop the blame game. We've got to have a reality check. Why did God forsake Jesus? my sins and your sins. That's why. Why do some things happen in our lives that are horrible? It's not God's fault. Stop blaming God. It's the enemy's fault. He's the one that started this whole process in the garden. He's the one that separated us from God. He's the one that brought death. He's the one that brought sickness and disease. We blame God. God, you're the reason why I have this cancer. No, no, no. Sin is the reason why we have cancer. Not yours, not mine, but the sin of mankind. That's why we have sickness and disease, and it treats all of us equally. Yeah. We've got to get mad at the devil. He's a liar, and he deceives. And he even asks us this question, are you sure that God really said that? He's still asking that question today. Would you stand with me this morning? Are you sure? Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.